You're listening to Fidem Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Today's homily is from Sunday, August 13th, 2023, the 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time, titled Rational Fears. Take courage. It is I, do not be afraid. A powerful life verse. Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. In Greek, this word afraid is phobias, phobias. I guess that's where we get the word phobia from, which means to be afraid of something. And I think sometimes we think of phobias as kind of irrational fears, but I would say there's things called rational fears. When Jesus says to them, take courage as I do not be afraid, they're out in the middle of a lake at night, they can't swim, and they think they see a ghost, I would be frightened too. In the first reading, we have the story of Elijah, who, especially in those early chapters of the Old Testament, God comes in thunder and lightning and, you know, wind and fire. And those things are frightening. It says, it says here that Elijah experienced water, wind, earthquake. Those are rational fears. But, but God comes in silence there as if to say, I really don't want to come like that anymore. That God speaks to us in silence like he did in the garden, and he wants to again. Those are rational fears of earthquakes and fires and storms. But we have some commonplace phobias, sometimes considered irrational fears. You can look up online a sort of catalog of phobias. I did. There's all kinds, stuff we've heard of. Acrophobia is a fear of heights. Claustrophobia is a fear of small spaces. But I would guess that many of us in here, most of us have some irrational fears. I, I'm going to confess to you my irrational phobia. I have a name for it. It's called clauro, hold on, clauro-phobia. It's a fear of clowns. I don't like them. <laughs> they freak me out. When kids have little clowns around, I leave. It's just weird. Get that guy away from me. <laughs> but I found another one, and I'm going to try to pronounce it. Arichotrophobia. Arichotrophobia. That's a fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. It's a thing. I found it. It's a thing. There's a new one out there. Nomophobia. Nomophobia is a fear of being without your mobile phone. Now, have you ever seen this manifest? Because I have. You see, take a phone away from a teenager, and you can see the vein in their neck going, ta-tong, ta-tong, ta-tong. They start to sweat. They get freaked out. It's a thing. It's a thing. But in all seriousness, there's other phobias that have become more prevalent in our time. One of them is sedate phobia or sedate phobia. 
It's a fear of silence that some people actually, when it gets dead silent like that, they actually start to react and manifest. Now, some of this is serious. Sometimes it comes from a childhood trauma, a child that's left alone or put in a closet or somehow abused. That silence can trigger a, a, a manifestation they can go into a panic attack. But also, some of the experts seem to say that, not just from trauma, but that what encourages a fear of silence is that most of us are just not used to silence. If you go into most stores or places, there's always noise. And if there's no noise, everybody's got some kind of earphones on. They're just not used to silence. And as we hear today, God comes in silence. People fear silence. They don't want to be alone with their own thoughts, feelings, memories. Because God comes to them in silence. And sometimes what God te tells us in silence can scare us. That's something through all the scriptures. It happened to Elijah, Moses, all of them in a time of prayer. And I think... The evil one wants us to fear silence, to stay away from it, because it keeps us from prayer. But we know that the apostles, Peter in particular, did do things out of fear, out of rational fear. We know of Peter's threefold denial. I don't know him, I don't know him, I don't know him, because he was afraid of dying. Completely understandable. He was afraid of it. Today, Christ comes to the apostles walking on water in the middle of a night, on, um, in the midst of a storm. Completely understandable. But he still challenges them not to be afraid. He still challenges them to move through the fear. Peter almost had it. It's easy to criticize Peter. But he's the one who said, who stepped out of the boat. The other 11 didn't do it. They didn't do it. But he wants us to still be courageous, even in the midst of the fear. That's what courage is, to move through it and to realize that many of us are, are anxious and are afraid of things or the world or the world has made us afraid of things. And I would argue a lot of it was just a waste of time. It is just a waste of time. So yesterday, we had a quinceanera. I like quinceaneras. I do. It's a celebration of coming of age. And actually, it kind of challenges the teenagers. So a quinceanera is a birthday party for a 15-year-old. We had two of them yesterday. And it's really kind of neat because uh, they'll have a court of uh, other girls, other teenage girls, and they'll sit right there in the front row. And you have these 14- and 15-year-old girls who look like they're 25. They'll be all dolled up, all pretty. But I think it's good. It's, it's reminding them that they're growing up to celebrate them coming of age. Then you have a whole row right, and that row right there, of all these boys, teenage boys, who are kind of mortified because they have to wear tuxedos and comb their hair. <laughs> They're all standing there, and they have to escort the girls in and out. Stick your elbow out there. Come on. Be a man. I like that. I like that. It's a celebration of the Blessed Mother. It's a celebration of... Femininity, it's a celebration of the faith. But also, the young lady picked the gospel 
about Jesus meeting with Martha and Mary. You remember Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Martha's running around and anxious about things. And Jesus kind of scolds her, says, you are worried and anxious about many things. You are troubled, afraid, and anxious about many things. I think especially for our young people, sometimes we have to depend on them. Because I remember when I was 15. And much of that time, many of us, if you remember, we spent our time in fear. The media had convinced us at any time in 1985 that we would be annihilated by some kind of nuclear or we live with that hanging over our heads. I know we, I did. We live with that. We were told that at any time that we would be out of food. The population bomb had said that we would be overflowing with people. People would be dying of starvation. There's a Star Trek episode of that. Look it up. It has a planet that people are, people are crushed together because it's overpopulated. We were told we would be busting out in population. We live with that hanging over our heads. And we won't even talk about Y2K when we were told that the, the sky was going to fall in 2000. We live with that all the way up. I wish I could go back in time. I wish I could go in a time machine and say, I'm not afraid of you. I wish I could appreciate and have a robust hope and faith that the best years of my life were yet to come. But I think fear is contagious. Fear is contagious. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. Take courage. And I, and I tell the young people in here now, there are some young people in here now, you tell the story of 2020 when all of us were ravaged with fear and curled up in our homes, didn't even come to church. What fear did to us, it took away our faith. I wish I could go back in time. And do things differently. I know I do. To hear someone say the best years of your life are yet to come. Be not afraid. Take courage. Because there's so much to look forward to. It was nice to tell those young people the best years of your life are yet to come. You know, back in 1985, there was a rock band. They've gone through some changes. There was a rock band called Journey that had a song called Only the Young pointing to us young, saying, we need you now. We need them now to be hopeful. Because the people in our lives, I think, oftentimes instilled a fear in us when we had so much to look forward to, when we had so much to be brave now. I was reading a book this morning about how, by Austin Roos, it says, this is the best time to be Catholic. This is the greatest time. And it, it reminded us, it reminded me when the Nazis were over England and Winston Churchill said, this is our finest hour. That's courage. That's a man standing up to evil and saying, we will not back down. The best years of our life are yet to come, and we will get through this. Be not afraid. Take courage. But to also recognize that the secular world, which is very seductive, especially for our young people, the secular world has a phobia too. I call it Christian phobia, Christophobia. They're not afraid of Christians because most Christians kind of keep their faith to themselves. But they're afraid of the case for Christ because they know that Christianity might be true. 
And when a Christian makes a case for Christ, that's terrifying to them. It's terrifying because they might have to change their life. People like to live in a certain way. They get comfortable. And to tell them that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life and make a coherent argument that makes sense, that aligns with their experience of love and justice, that's terrifying because they might have to change their life. And nobody likes change. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes to think they have been wrong for a long time. You know, when I was in college, I was in the camp. I studied education. And all of us believed the dogma that homeschooling was evil. We believed that. I'm ashamed to admit that now. But we thought those are evil people. I swallowed that Kool-Aid. And I will confess to you now, I've given that up. I'm still afraid of clowns, okay? So I'm still afraid of clowns. But I like to think that I've changed some. But I think for the process and the rhythm of our Christian life, maybe we could look at someone like Elijah. In the book of Kings today, it's a story of him being in a cave, and he's kind of hiding. And the question is why? So we have to look in the larger story. What is he doing in there? Experiencing silence. He was not afraid of silence. Well, Elijah had just done battle with 450 priests of Baal. He had been in prayer. He had been exiled, and now he went and took on one priest of the Old Covenant and 450 priests of Baal, evil, and he took them down. It's a great story. But then he went back into hiding, back into sacrifice, back into silence. I think as Christians, we have to start with silence too, your own prayer life, and then move to sacraments, what you're doing right now, confession, and that leads us to mission, to spread our faith, to spread and defend our faith, and then go back into silence. And let that be the rhythm of our Christian life. But not be afraid of the silence part, because that jets us towards sacraments, and sacraments jets us towards mission. And then when we have been on mission, sharing and defending our faith, it will drive us back into silence to recharge our spiritual batteries so that we can be people of courage, to hear what Jesus says, especially in those times of fear, to hear him ringing in our ears, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. You've been listening to Fidem Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you can be made aware when new episodes drop.